Welcome back to another episode of Titanic Minute, your daily podcast where we discuss the movie Titanic minute by minute. I'm your host, Rob, and joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. All right, well. Okay. Hold on, let him finish. That was the fade out. Uh, it's, it's a Wednesday, so we have a heart of the ocean and our heart of the ocean today is a returning heart heart of the ocean, the the OG, the original heart of the ocean. Claire, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. I didn't prepare like a jig, but (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Uh, yeah, today we're going to talk about minute 188 and in this minute, Jack and Rose kiss and this is our last minute before the credits start. It's not even a minute before they start. Yeah, like 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the end of this minute is when everyone sprints to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I mean, okay, that's actually a really good question. What do you think is the bathroom time in this movie? Like, if you were watching this movie for the first time, when do you think you would strategically decide to go run to the bathroom? I would run as soon as it's probably about hour and 45, two hours into it. Probably two hours into it, when they come back to the modern day scene briefly. When they, they come, come back to when they come back to old Rose. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. As soon as yeah. I saw her face, I would sprint to the bathroom. Yeah, I think anytime <laughs> they cut back to the nineteen ninety seven scenes, you go to the bathroom. Having yeah, watched those many times since like the after the first time then you know what's gonna happen. I think yeah. the scene of Cal running and like shooting them, that's always one where I get up and walk around like who cares but that's not the core plot <laughs> yeah that's really? fair I, I was about to say that's an action-packed scene but if you've seen it already you, yeah yeah you know it, where it's gonna end uh i mean, I, I it's kind of a little early but uh the spitting scene for obvious oh, reasons mm-hmm. that's a good one that's a good one because that's you know it's you it's have gotta to be at least to... an hour in yeah if yeah. you've been like drinking <laughs> then that's probably about when you would start having if you're mainlining diet coke like i do yes <laughs> uh yeah because you have to do it before before um the jack and rose meet um to go on their steerage date yeah i think the uh scene when they're in the gym too oh that's like when he's yeah. trying to convince her that one's kind of a throwaway if you know yeah. where it's gonna go if you know it yeah yeah that's a good one that's a good one um Jack and Rose here, they're kissing. Jack's in his steerage clothes. You think that's interesting? He's never been up there with his steerage clothes on, right? He's always wearing the suit. Right. So this is the question that I have about this, and maybe you guys have already talked about it, and just cut this right out if you have. But is this her dream? Is this heaven? Is this supposed to be representative of any actual moment? Well, what what do you think? We gave our answers yesterday. Yes. Okay. I go with heaven because of the fade to white. No. Yeah, that's which I actually think is a kind of like BS ending to the story. We we all said that there's actually some debate. Some people think that maybe she's not dead and it's just a dream. But the three of us all agree that she's died. Yeah, she's dead. Um, 
I had always inferred that it was supposed to be heaven, but Rob made the point that maybe it's just old Rosa's brain is just melting down and that's what she sees. I mean, yeah, that's her, like, that's her dying. Like, she's, you know, fading away. She lets go, and, like, it's she sees the light at the end. 20 years of Alzheimer's in yeah. 10 seconds. It's it's like the ending yeah. of 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> My God, it's full of stars. Uh, yeah, so the, the Midnight Boy's official opinion is that she, that old Rose is dead. Also, just because she's over yeah. 100 years old, she's, you know, likely not making it through than making it through the night any night really yeah her odds are decreasing day by day yeah Yeah. man what an inconvenience for lizzie and the crew the next morning (laughs) because she has she brought animals (laughs) she brought everything she owns like and they're gonna have to just maybe because they're in maritime like international waters they just dump it overboard and not worry about it (sighs) just have a a viking funeral (laughs) yeah well we're not in any territory we can just deal with this our own way they're gonna dump her in the water like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> oh, I do like, imagine. How, that- how do you even get a death certificate out on a <laughs> research vessel in the middle of the Pacific? All right, Atlantic. Caroline. Atlantic. When you're doing sinking feeling this week, I want to know about maritime deaths. Yeah, there go. that's the I, good I, content. Now I imagine. I'll, also, oh, who's oh. worse, Old Rose or Osama bin Laden? <laughs> Somebody probably wrote a thesis about that. Uh, I imagine another post-credit sequence of this movie now when the credits roll, maybe these like main credits, and then it cuts to like back on the Caldish, and it's <laughs> and it's Lewis like walking in and turning in and like walking in the room and realizing she's dead, and then slowly walking out backwards. <laughs> <laughs> he goes over to her purse and rummages through it first, <laughs> just, just for hard candies. I'm just just envisioning. She's probably got some of those Werthers in there. It's all Werthers. (laughs) I'm envisioning a lot of long distance phone calls, and there's a time there's a time delay, so they have to call at three in the morning. Like, no, she's a resident of California, but we're on a research vessel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so sad. It is a real pain. I've got to deal with it. This is from yesterday's minute too, but I forgot to bring it up. Is the the way that you mentioned the Jackson Steerage clothes, Rob, and I'm coming back to that. Is this proof that uh, heaven has like a caste system and whatever class you're a part of when you go in there, you have to stay? So if you're poor, when you die, that means you have to be poor in heaven. Is that James Cameron's belief? You mean because they're all sort of dressed, they're yeah. dressed as that? Like, they're dressed why does he in their still- like iconic movie outfits. Right, like that. Yeah. They're all back in there. Yeah, like, you could interpret it that way. But if you're in heaven, shouldn't you just get to wear whatever you want? A and follow up question: What would you guys wear? <laughs> pajamas. <laughs> like a onesie Slank pajamas or like flannel <laughs> yeah. pants and a shirt. Uh, sweatpants with elastic on the bottom and a big t-shirt. It's what I've I... worn every time I've recorded this would, podcast. Would, would, would your big t-shirt say "Life's a beach"? It says, welcome to Planet Claire. It's a B-52 t-shirt nice. given to me by a former boss. I, I, uh, wear, I, I wear a t-shirt and jeans. With, that's my. That's how I'm most comfortable. I mean, Jack jeans has, in heaven. That's a bummer. Oh, Jack, I, like, I like denim, guys. Jack, Jack has some pretty sweet corduroy pants. I wouldn't mind those. Suspenders are good, too. <laughs> See? Joe? I'm not saying he looks uncomfortable. It's just no. What are you wearing? 
Uh, boy, probably a tank top and um, swim trunks <laughs> and a flip-flops. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, Life's all a right. beach. There you go. <laughs> I assume that there's no uh, societal gender expectations in heaven. Maybe I'd like to try out a dress. Yeah, well, yeah. you can do that now if you want. Yeah, they're... Well, <laughs> I haven't been to I, Minnesota I know t- lately, but... I mean, I know I could, but that would probably require some explanation at work. I'm just saying, may, may, I assume in heaven that there's no, no one's hung up on, you know, gender roles or anything. I could, I, I could experiment a little more. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a fair assumption. So good... since we're talking about fashion uh, in this particular moment, uh, I wanted to bring back a little thing that Joe and Rob and I did in Tombstone, which is oh, Project yeah. One Runway Titanic Edition. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. So we don't have time, nor should we go through every person that is scanned over in this 20 seconds. So who is the best dressed in the 20 seconds that we have of this minute? And why? Let's go back here. We really only have like three seconds on this minute. Um, Yeah. I really, I, Rose's dress is on point. The white dress, which is interesting. I think that's a Mm -hmm. new dress. I don't think she has worn that yet. So she Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. realize we had one more new rose outfit. Yeah. I think it's her heaven did. dress. Um, <laughs> Captain Smith, you know, always looked good in a uniform. Looks even though he's a loser. I don't um, like the collar yeah. on Jack's shirt. That's why I'm not picking him. You know what so. I was about this isn't fashion related, but I was expecting like everyone to just stop clapping and look at Captain Smith. Be like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault, bro. Especially yeah. like the children that are standing next to him that yeah. sink. That's the part that just bums me out. Is like, they're like, who are we going to fill with this balcony? Let's put the kids back like, up there. Everyone yeah. should just get really silent and then Cora should go, boo. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> there is even, yeah, you're right. They're even right next to him is the mom with the baby. Yeah, it's, yeah. Gutting. And then I think it's Cal. So my vote is actually Cal as best dressed. Cal's he's not, not in up there. Scene. He is. He's up he in is, the right. Yeah, he is yeah, up yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, no, he is up there. Nope. Nope. That's just not that's not him. They all look the same to you. That's oh not him. boy. It looks it just like him. And I didn't him. notice that until looking back at the fashion. Alright. It's steerage. It's not him. It's not Way him. In. Screenshot. Right, it's him. I'm, I'm doing it right now. It's not him. It's not him because everyone on there died on the Titanic. Cal didn't die. Rose didn't die. Rose didn't die. Cal's well, dead now. Well, yeah, but Cal's dead now. You're wrong. That's not Cal. Our whole theory is falling apart. <laughs> yep. Why that's isn't definitely, Cal? Definitely why isn't Cal have a big hole in his head from when he shot himself? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Good maybe question. He shot himself in the chest. Um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do we do then have uh as we continue on the Friday the 13th music continues to play. Yeah. One person I One person I really like is that if you look up on the staircase apparently Martin Scorsese is there. <laughs> really? That's That's real? It's believable as Cal. It, it looks like a 19 it, like there's no gray in it. But it, it looks like a 1970s Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Damn it! I thought that was like a Stan Lee moment. <laughs> no. Uh, what a Stan Lee! Someone should Photoshop Stan Lee into this. <laughs> and Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> Excelsior! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
so we jump into the credits. Unless someone has anything else about the bright light in the sky. So this movie, written and directed by a little person named James Cameron. Yeah. Lest you forget. Mm-hmm. Little person. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, so this movie's over, Claire. It's yeah, done. It is. And uh, and you were our first. You were our first heart of the ocean. At mm-hmm. minute, minute our first, our min- <laughs> heart of the ocean. <laughs> at minute eight, I believe. Hundred and eighty uh, minutes we, ago. Uh, yeah, we have not three hours to later. The Titanic, right? <laughs> no. Uh, three hours later, here we are, and you, you've 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 listened to our dumb show, gone on a journey with us. Yes, you really have. And I'm curious if you could, as a as a, as a lifelong fan of Titanic, a movie that means a lot to you, you were one of the most excited when we originally said <laughs> we were going to do this. Are you still excited that that happened? <laughs> um, yes, I am. And <laughs> had to think about I it. Did. I did. Yep. Um, so I was thinking about this before recording today, and I think. So watching this last scene, um, despite like 187 minutes of you guys doing your damnedest to destroy this movie, <laughs> I still like felt really happy at the end, the like end of a movie that you really enjoyed and really loved feeling like happens. Mm-hmm. So, so you did not ruin it for me. And I actually think that like, despite the craziness of the three of you sometimes learn like hearing about other parts of this movie make me like it more yeah maybe the most authentic review of this podcast you'll ever get you know in 60 some hours of recording i bet there's a good 10 20 minutes of educational (laughs) material yeah (laughs) well we have a whole like 40 minutes when tom was on does that count oh that yeah Mm, it was it was all it was all him yeah yes your ho- if if people only listened to the hotos, they'd probably learn a lot. They would. Yeah. Many of your hotos came on with additional <laughs> content. Yeah. Especially if if you listen to any episode, listeners. If it's... you if you want to force yourself to have opinions about the origins of the term box, <laughs> go back and listen to that Meeks episode. So Claire, I guess my question is related to that. Do you like the C- you? You would say that in a weird way that you like this movie more than you did when you started. Yeah, I do. And I okay. and I still legitimately really love this movie. I think yeah. this movie finds a niche where very, very few other movies ever have been able to do, which is find that space between action and romance and drama and intrigue and there just aren't that many movies that can do that and do it in over three hours and you're still paying attention to it. Um, so yeah, I legitimately still really love this, this movie. Yeah. I I mean, I agree. (laughs) Um, I, I, when we started, I think I asked us all to kind of run down our, the, the five star rating system of where we had this movie. Um, and I feel like, I was at about four stars. Rob, I want to say you were four and a half, mm-hmm. maybe. I feel like, Joe, you were in the three-star range. I think that mm-hmm. sounds about right. So, and Claire can answer too, but where where are you at now? If you had to assign this, uh, the, and you can use half stars, the 
five-star system? I think I would go four and a half. And that's actually where I wound up. I think I actually admire this movie more than when I started. Yeah. And, and I was already a really big fan. I mean, I've, I've probably seen this, I would guess, in the the 20s for the amount of times I've seen this movie in my life. Sure. Same. Um, and I feel like I have gone, like when it first came out, I really loved it. And then I think I was just... Uh, just kind you know had to then for a while I pretended I didn't and then I was like well I like it but it's like a guilty pleasure and then a couple years ago I swung all the way back around to yeah I really like it it's really enjoyable and now I feel like I've even swung into him like no like it it definitely has flaws but it is a great movie it is one of the most impressive movies in a lot of ways yeah um even the uh, (laughs) earlier this week when we had to focus on the 1997 stuff again i'm like oh maybe this is back, <laughs> maybe this is back down to four stars but no I, I think it's pretty solidly at four and a half yeah i agree and it ages really well i think like there are a lot of movies that 20 years later there are so many moments that feel really tone deaf or inappropriate and there are moments in this movie where you're like annoyed by it or a lot of eye rolling and yeah heavy-handed scripts and all of that but it's it it has like pretty good staying power, and I think I mean Rob, we saw it in the theater when it came out in mm-hmm. in the end of twenty seventeen, and I w- like we left all feeling like really good about it, and I was like we just spent both money and time <laughs> in yeah. a theater watching this, and I still felt like it was a good use of that, and that I felt something from seeing it in theater again. I feel like. Uh... Joe might disagree with this, but I think it's one of the quickest long watches. If that, if everyone knows what I mean, like it, yeah. I agree. Yeah, it, it does not feel three hours and fifteen minutes. I mean, in some ways, it does. We talk about bathroom breaks, but um, you know, there are some like I'm trying to think of even some movies where, like, there are some Marvel movies that are an hour shorter than this, and I'm like, oh Christ, how long is this? <laughs> I'm I'm not enjoying myself. Yeah, I I man, it's tough. Like I feel like it's really hard to even though we've talked about this movie minute by minute to then like in conclusion, I think um <laughs> I I'm definitely still at four and a half with like no issues with five star ratings. If that makes sense, like if someone's like I think it's a five star movie, I'd be like, yeah, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though there's incredibly flawed right like it's just incredibly flawed at certain moments but like at the end and i think like the ending that we've talked about this last couple weeks is a perfect example i mean i think the whole old rose throwing it into water is so stupid it's so dumb but then you have this like final like curtain call and it kind of brings you back in and you're like all right it's I yeah. feel a lot yeah. and it's awesome. And then we have Celine song hit and you're like, God in the feels great again. Yeah. And it, I, and I, it manages like, to pivot from the most heavy handed, stupid moments into moments where you are fully invested again in almost no time at all. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and so that's where I struggle with it because there are all these huge flaws and we've talked about them. On the other hand, like, I just think like if you were to judge a movie by, if this is like 
the Olympics and you have to like score how like the degree of difficulty. I mean, yeah. this is one of the most difficult. Mm. Uh oh. All right. Let's go. Like, I, I don't. Safe, I don't safe like... space. Safe space. Go you ahead, Joe. Be... No, it, it is. It is really a difficult movie, but the, all the stuff it screws up are, is the easy parts. Sure. So, like, I don't know. I, I think it's. There are plenty of films that are five stars that are perfect every second or almost and like your complaints about our pure nitpicks but like the the ending of this that final scene aside which is very nice is profoundly and deeply stupid yeah and and like you have to you have to be fair like you can you can love this movie and then just and i do this with movies all the time is like someone will point out like well there's all these scenes in it that are like really really dumb and don't work and you're like yeah they don't work but i still had a really good time I don't think you can possibly evaluate this movie as anything more than that. Like it's pretty dumb, but I had a really good time. I'm, and I'm going to follow this up with, with praise about one thing, but I mean, the modern day scenes are, I I meant to, I should have counted this up, but it's at least a half an hour of this movie. Right. Uh, Pretty close. Pretty close. And it's every, every second of it is awful. Almost every single second of it is terrible. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, really bad parts in the past scenes so that's and i'm not saying that's a reason to not like the movie but i think it's unfair to other movies that are incredible sweeping epics like this one that are pretty much spot on every second of the way through like you can't lawrence of arabia is not not maybe as difficult as this movie but it's certainly as long and there isn't a single scene in that movie where i'm just like groaning and cringing like this is awful and that wasn't an easy movie to make either. No, for yeah. sure. But so I, that's, I will, that's that's and 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 it's again. I don't want to be portrayed as like being too negative here. All I'm saying is like that's why I I, I think yeah. anyone who says it's a five star movie like you're insane. We welcome uh, differing opinions. But but I will say something good nice about it. And and what I what I appreciate about it is that it. As, as weirdly immature and tone deaf as it is sometimes it treats an audience its audience like an adult and not very many blockbusters are willing to do that anymore like when's the last time a movie was made i i can think of one and i'm not sure if you guys will count it but i'll mention it later i can only think of one movie that's made at this scale like lengthwise financial commitment wise ambition wise that leaves the audience like sad coming out of it like that's a tragedy and every movie that's made on the scale now like since then basically uh doesn't have the courage to do that so i do appreciate how it's willing to spend all this money and be so ambitious with the knowledge that it's it's a it's the audience is going to be able to handle it not having a happy ending so I I don't know I disagree I I think it does have a happy ending I think that's what this last scene is but I think a, this but is the a fantasy frosting. yeah but it's... that's the whole point is it's if you think of like who that key audience was and I know it was a broad audience that's why it made a gazillion dollars but everyone talks about the key audience of this movie being like teenage girls right that was right. the the group sure and for that group her even though she's dead she gets reunited with this like person this vision of her life this fantasy that she had 
And that ends positively. So for that whole demographic of people, they left that theater being like, oh, my God, it's possible. So so you would say this is a feel-good movie then? Yeah, I would. Uh, wow. I would say I leave this movie feeling optimistic about I, life. Yeah, I, I I understand that. I And I do think it's, it's feel-good in the way when people describe a cry as being good yeah and that, mm. and that it can be this is a good cry movie it's it's a cathartic experience and uh, one thing that i but, he, I, but even that is rare if, oh yeah it's super rare this, I, i'm not yeah, disagreeing with that this... part of it at all yeah yeah no i i agree with that uh one thing that oh god i don't remember who said it in the the steerage group but someone brought up how I mean, we've talked about this with Jack being a manic pixie dream boy, but someone brought up how Jack is very much not the typical archetype for Mm -hmm. romances. Mm -hmm. And I think, Rob, what did you say? You responded and summed it up well. I said he's a rom-com character in an action film. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that he's not, you know, you think of like, who are kind of the classic Hollywood archetypes and it's, you know, kind of smarmy Clark Gable, Humphrey Bogart. I mean, even, you know, Brando or Paul Newman, like there's kind of an air of, you know, aloofness or. Well, like Chris Pratt in the Jurassic, new Jurassic dinosaur. Yeah. Movies. Very cold, <laughs> very, you know, sarcastically it's calling someone sweetheart or, or smart you know. ass. being a smart, yeah. Yeah. smart. There's an ironic yeah. detachment. Yeah. Harrison yeah. Ford mm-hmm. back when he cared about things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Jack is 100% earnest, 100% positive, mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I, I, that's, it's a point that I guess we touched on, but I hadn't really thought of how rare that is. Yeah. And I think this movie kind of, for that audience, you leave, in that age group, right, I, I leave the theater for the first time as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old, thinking, okay, like, I might be awkward AF right now, but someday, like, this is going to work out. I'll have this dream boat, too. And I think he gets painted in this perfection picture. When you so say that, dream boat, you mean Titanic. I mean the Titanic. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, he gets painted as a perfect character so that you can just place him right into your own narrative, right? He doesn't have any flaws because he just is a stand-in for whatever anyone might want. I think doesn't, wh- He doesn't have a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think one reason that maybe I, and Rob too, and Claire, I won't speak to you, but maybe would rank this higher is that you know, Joe, you mentioned Lawrence of Arabia, which I think is a fair comparison. I, uh, and I would not argue by any means that this is better than Lawrence of Arabia. But that one is, That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I'll say is that I don't necessarily think... I think that this movie became kind of like through James Cameron's production schedule. It became a oscar contender and it became a prestige movie when it was really intended as a summer blockbuster yeah well that's why that's why yeah exactly what i mean like yeah yeah and you you hit this too so i but i think that's you know especially because i when i compare it to you know the summer of 1997 
Air Force One, Con Air, Batman and Robin are, are face you, off. Are, excuse me, hold on. Yes. Are you disparaging Con Air or Face Off? No, I'm not disparaging Face Off. I, I just, I just want you I, to be clear. You, you also know how much I love Con Air, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when you think of this movie compared to those movies, and that, you know, the Hollywood system of the time, or even now, it, and you said this, it's, it's out there, it's on the fringes. So I, I think that makes me overlook its flaws a little more i mean i think of this movie in some ways um part of the reason i think this movie is loved is because of its flaws same way like you know this is probably going too deep on this but like you know the same reason you love your friends right like you don't love perfect friends that are like never make a mistake you love like well you love like all these other parts (laughs) about them and then the flaws that come with it end up being things that you like overlook and are almost amused by he says hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i do (laughs) you mean yeah you mean you put up with them chewing with their mouth open uh into the microphone stuffing gummy bears so many gummy bears (laughs) (laughs) and i think i think like you know and i think that's important and i think i'm not you know it's hard to say which movie is better and sort of thing and i don't like no i'm not i'm not trying to i don't i'm not trying to 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 do that but like i I, I think okay if you want if you want to compare i think there's one other movie that tried to, to do the same thing as this within 10 years of titanic if you want to hear it yeah, uh, I was, tra- I was trying to think of what it was. I was guessing Rogue One, but I don't think that's it. No, okay. not even no. The the movie that I think is is trying to do the same thing, released at the same time of year, made at the same scale. You come out of it feeling, I think, intended to feel the same way. It would be the King Kong remake. I think was like the mm. closest thing to that. And I'm not talking about quality here. I'm just talking about tone yeah. and scale. And and sort of, uh, it's coming off of all the incredible success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and it's like a sort of huge passion project from the director, and something they've always wanted to do, and they finally have the power and the financial wherewithal to do it, and it's a sad story, and everyone goes into the movie knowing what's going to happen. I, I think that it's it's. I don't know if anyone's done this yeah. before, but I think it's interesting to compare yeah. those two movies, and I think I'm the only like one of the only people in the world that that liked that movie. <laughs> I haven't. I saw it in the movie theater. I haven't seen it since, so I don't know how well it holds up. But I thought it was, I thought it was great. I, I think it's a really interesting comparison. I wouldn't yeah. have. I re- would not have thought of that and didn't. But yeah. I get where I, you're I mean, coming from. They're both incredibly earnest. I think that's a good comparison. Um, I haven't seen it since the theater. Also, I haven't either. I also. I remember at the time. I think I was too wrapped up in the original, and I think. I, I was thinking, I'm like, ah, the original is just a tight 90-minute whatever monster movie, and this is just too long and too bloated. I would give it another chance. I, I feel like I want to watch it again now. I, I think I think that's a really interesting comparison, Joe, and I think it's weird because, like, I <laughs> this movie works for me, and King Kong didn't for me, and, like, the only thing I remember is we talk about being earnest is, like, the scene with Naomi Watts and king kong like ice skating together and i remember like that god i forgot about that not working for me at all but on the other hand here we are in titanic and there's just enough just as many 
I guess scenes that, that, that are just mm-hmm. ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if it's, it's just a matter of, of whether taste. sometimes the film just grabs you and you just don't care about that stuff, and sometimes the film doesn't. And I think so much of that has to do with when you saw it, like what your mood yeah. was, where yeah. you were in your life, and I, and I, that's why. It just like sometimes you'll see a movie and you're just you're in a move, mood where you want to love it and you're willing to forgive its flaws because it's giving you all these other things that you really need at that moment. That's mm-hmm. yeah. that's an excellent point. And I think a big reason why I didn't take to King Kong is that I came into it with expectations based on the original and I was, you know, I was like when he was fighting multiple dinosaurs if I didn't have expectations, I might have thought, oh, this is so awesome. But I was thinking, I'm like, oh, this just seems like overkill because in the original he fought one dinosaur, so now they need to up the ante. So it, it, I think that's an example of expectations maybe marring my experience. Yeah, and I think that like who you are and when you see it is really important. And I mean, you've asked every Hoto what their Titanic experience is, and I think that's partly because it's, really formative to how you understand and interpret this movie you can't yeah and and maybe any movie maybe anything that kind of triggers some emotional oh, reaction it's, it's based on where you are in your life when you watch it absolutely and, es- especially if you're a teenager yeah it's, and um, i think this scene in this movie actually like solidifies that because i was thinking back what if i saw this movie for the first time now in the place that i am in my life now would this ending scene leave me feeling as like positive as it did when I was younger and that that hopeful feeling is there. And I don't think that it would. Like, I think I'm old enough and have had enough life to say that, like, if you've lived your whole life and it's been 84 years since this tragedy and you, and still the only like positive in your life is this one person you were with for two days, 80 years ago, that and doesn't you got married to someone and you else. got married to someone else and had a family and a whole life. And that wasn't the place that that family wasn't where you go after that sucks. And so like that, yeah. it feels like with that perspective of what life is and what partnership is and all of that, you look at it really differently. But when you're a teenager, it's just like, Oh, it, it'll all be okay. Right. It'll all be good. I'll find love, whatever. And it's, it totally changes the way you interpret these kinds of scenes and these kinds of movies, I think. Also, I mean, that's the melodrama, right? Like, if you come in here with cynicism, ugh, you're going to have a hard time, you know? And yeah. I think, like, as you're an mm-hmm. adult, you just are, you know, so hardened. <laughs> and when, hard when is ta- so cold. <laughs> when they talked about this episode on uh, Unspooled, they they take uh, call-ins from people about whether or not why they like the movie. Mm-hmm. And one person said something, and they meant it to be funny, but it's actually really true. And I think that this would really taint my view of it now is that they said Titanic is a movie about being in love written by someone who's never been in love. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. And from that perspective yeah. of someone yeah. who's never been in love, it's what you think love could be like. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the weird thing though, is the more I think about, it, I think that that helps and hurts it in some, in different areas. Mm-hmm. I think it helps it based on what you just said, that there's this kind of like very uncynical, uh, you know, Jack's point of view that, oh, love is going to be all consuming and love at first sight. But then, yeah, you think about it 
and like we have kind of thinking about like old Rose and how she doesn't put a picture of her husband or her kids on the nightstand. Yeah. It's a picture of her on a horse. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Well, Claire, I want to thank you for your being on here multiple times, but also for you were an early person that I told about this project <laughs> and your excitement about it was very high. <laughs> <laughs> And and you've sort of like found ways to find other between you and Carrick find other strangers out in Denver that like this show that you've told That's about true. and now they listen Shout out to, to Nate. <laughs> yeah. Hey Nate, what's up? We're uh guys. Uh-huh. We're mountain boys now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not mountain men. Well no. <laughs> no, That's no. Obvious. no. You have to get a job if you're a man. Yeah. <laughs> you have to swing I'm, an axe. Yeah, yeah, I'm not chopping wood. <laughs> Uh, well, do you guys have anything else on minute one eighty eight before we uh, before we put an end to this? I'll just say, if this was our last episode ever, I'd be very satisfied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. I should. <laughs> <laughs> I should remind our listeners that just because the narrative film is done, we are still going to be around for the credits. We have a guest for every single credit episode. Oh, we got a good one tomorrow. Um...